This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Welcome to Cottage Talk Full Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen. This show is our initial reaction to the 2-2 foam draw against Brighton Hove Albion at the Amex Stadium. Max and I watched this on NBC Sports Gold, the live stream, and we have our thoughts on that. But before we do anything else and get thoughts of Max, I have to bring him onto the show. Max, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Russ. Um, obviously, no one likes to give away a two-goal lead, but, you know, it's been around an hour, half an hour since the final whistle. <laughs> and realizing that I would have taken a point before the match. Yep. I'll take one now. It's not the end of the world, but, you know, you really would have liked to see us win away uh, at the MX. Absolutely. You get up two goals. It's natural to think that it's a two-point drop because you have this advantage. And uh, part of me feels, uh, again, let down that they gave up these two goals. These were mistakes that they gave up for this to be a 2-2 draw. So it's definitely disappointing. But I said to you off here, and, and you're saying the same exact thing. If, if you would have told me before the match that we would get a point, I, I would have taken the point. I actually predicted 2-2, so I got it right. But I'm not happy that I got this one right, Max. Not at all. My initial reaction is I'm disappointed. But, again, I would have taken the point. So I'm, I'm, I guess I'm straddling the fence here, my friend. 
yeah, it's, it's always tough because we were 2-0 up and it was, you know, 20, 25 minutes to go. It wasn't you know, as if we had an early lead and they kind of worked it back throughout the match. It was kind of a moment, a couple period of capitulation for us. And the frustrating thing for me was just individual mistakes yep. that led to the goals. It, it wasn't as if, I mean, the thing which you really should be correcting um, with the Maxime LeMarchand giveaway and then the Mitrovic uh, handball decision, two things which is just frustrating to, to, to concede, really. Yes, absolutely. And uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second there, my friend. But let me get your initial reaction of the first half. Just overall play between Brighton and Fulham, and then we'll talk about some major moments. Obviously, we have to talk about the uh, penalty saved by Betts and then, of course, the goal by Fulham. But what were your thoughts about the first half? It started off kind of how we expected an away match to start. We were really on the back foot. Uh, Brighton was very lively. Um, with players like Knockert, uh, Solly March, and, of course, Glenn Murray uh, giving us a lot of trouble at the back. Uh, Lamar Sean particularly got beaten a number of times in the right wing um, by Knockart and other players, and, and they looked dangerous. And, and the penalty came from a situation like that where um, we got to got the center backs and, and the left back got isolated on, on, a, on a left wing position, and then it left Vieto trying to track back, and he made a poor challenge. Um, but, you know, with that bet penalty save, superb save and yep. that's why he's in the squad you know he can do stuff like that um where i don't think any other old goalkeepers have shown they can make saves like that from penalties consistently um but we really re- weathered the pressure impressively and i thought you know once you got kind of past that half hour 35 minute uh, minute uh, mark without conceding i was really pleased because that kind of showed the steel and the grit we were kind of missing in earlier matches to kind of ride out periods of pressure without actually conceding and the goal came at the perfect time for us, right in the stroke of halftime. Um, a really great build-up. I mean, that's the kind of goal that Fulham is known for. Uh, the initial pass to Mangisa to pick out Therese was quality, and then, of course, Therese's pass to set up Sherla. That's just different class. That shows how important he can be to us and why he's such an amazing sign and moments of magic like that. And then Sherla's run, perfectly timed. Yep. And the finish, that's just experience right there. Absolutely. What's interesting about this, and we're talking about both of these uh, scenarios in the first half, you did a very good job of looking at. The one thing I want to mention about the uh, penalty that was set up by a foul from Vieto on Glenn Murray. Anyone that's watched Glenn Murray knows that if you just even breathe on him, he's going down. So I understand why it was given, but this was, let's just say, I feel that this was a, a professional move. It was a foul penalty. But you have to give full credit to Marcus Bednar for coming up big and making that save. So I want to give credit to him. Then the goal, like you mentioned, a wonderful goal by Sherlock, set up beautifully by Sari. And going into the half, Max, this is the way I looked at it, and I think I messaged you this. The first half reminded me how Fulham played against Brighton in the reverse. I mean, this is what Brighton would tend to do to Fulham. Yeah, that's a great point because we didn't really – dominate possession. No. We took our chance. And, and, right. and that's what teams... That's what Brighton would pass, do. Is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then when we had team up, I thought, well, this is a completely terrific performance. We completely out-brightened them, you know? But uh, things didn't go that way. But it's interesting. We showed a different kind of style um, in that in that opening 45 minutes where yes. we can absorb pressure and hit on the break, which is encouraging for, you know, not only this match, but for the rest of the season because we're going to have to sometimes deviate away from our normal possession style. And another thing I just want to talk about is the formation. I think it was 
mainly a 4-5-1 right. uh, in that first half, or maybe a 4-2-3-1. It wasn't necessarily our attacking open 4-3-3, which showed a little more versatility uh, by Akanovich. No, I totally agree. And um, as it, the announcers were saying, basically we're matching each other. And yeah. you had that feel. But we have more possession, a lot more possession, but their possession, especially in the first half, was much more threatening, let's be honest. Then to come out of that half up 1-0, I thought was extremely encouraging. And uh, so I was feeling good going in to the second half, Max. Let's talk about the second half, and let's go right to the uh, goal from Mitro. And again, it's funny because Lewis Dunk, I was on Twitter. I actually said Lewis Dunk isn't going to play, something like that. And then, of course, he does play. And uh, it's very interesting because I, I was curious how – Mitro would play against Lewis Dunk. It was actually a very good battle all day. But this is a, a chance where Mitro actually got the better of Lewis Dunk and scored the goal off of a rebound of his own shot. And uh, w- let's talk about the second goal for Fulham that put them up 2-0. Uh, yep. I mean, the way I see this goal is that we had no right scoring from this. It was basically Ben Melly with other pressure. And yep. in the end, you know, kick out. Uh, yeah, a long kick out. I'll concede his distribution today was, was not was not good. He gave it away a lot of times, kicked the ball out of bounds, gave it right in. But this one showed, you know, how he can be effective sometimes when he sees players making a run. And he just put in a really good area in that right wing. But even when the ball's in that area, Mitrich is not first to it. Dunk got there first. And in that position, I don't think anyone expected a goal was going to come out of it. But Mitrich is such a tireless runner. And, you know, people might say he's not the fastest, he's not the quickest, but acceleration he showed and the desire to always harass the center backs, to always be breathing on their necks. It paid off there. And I was surprised because he's a center back who loves a physical challenge. And the Mitchell didn't even touch him. He didn't even shoulder him. He almost like tapped him and just brushed him out of the way. Um, just really good positioning on Mitrovic's part. And then to drive inside, get the initial shot off, which I thought was really good safe by Ryan. But to have the wherewithal and the composure to get his, his own rebound, and then slot home when there was a Brighton player on the line, when Ryan was still uh, there to be beaten. A really impressive goal, and, and, and that was just encapsulated in Mitch for me today. A tireless <laughs> runner, um, and then he has that eye for a finish uh, when he's so composed. Yeah, excellent finish, excellent determination from Alexander Mitrovic. And uh, at this point, Max Fulmer up 2-0. It's a 60-second minute, and I'm thinking there's still – so much time left. That was my first episode. There's still a lot of time for Brighton to get back in this game. 2-0 is obviously a scroll line that any team can come back from. Well, most teams, I shouldn't say anything. Most teams can come back from, especially if you get that first goal. Well, they get that first goal five minutes later. It's from Glenn Murray. And what's disappointing about this, both of these situations is, like you had mentioned, they're both mistakes. This is a bad pass from Maxine Lamarchand, and uh, it leads to the Goal from uh, Glenn Murray. Let's talk about this whole scenario. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's be honest. Maxi Lourdes, that was nothing new for him. I mean, this, this exact same situation happened almost for the Burnley goal. Classic, their opening goal, where Le Marchand gives it away in a dangerous area. And then, you just, center back cannot, the defenders and all, cannot give the ball away in those kind of situations. Because if you lose the ball at that stage, pitch, there's no cover. You're the last line of defense. If you give it away, you're beaten, and you leave yourself completely exposed, and that's what happened. And another thing uh, about that goal is that 
I mean, there was no one playing right back. I think Fox Mensa was really far advanced, and yeah. um, that that left that wing completely open. And I think they credit to Anthony Knocker and Glenn Murray. They know each other so well. Uh, they're so in tune to each other's runs and movements that Knockart waited for the perfect moment when the defenders closed in on him, flipped it to Murray, and he's one of the best finishers, I think, in the game. I mean, oh, he's 33, 34 years old, and he's still scoring goals at a astounding rate. Uh, what a poacher. And it was a good finish uh, through Ben Murray's legs. But the main takeaway for me is you cannot, I mean, give away the ball there. And it's something we've seen from following actually a surprising amount this season. Is, is that due to kind of being a new back four? We haven't had a consistent back five, back four in, in, in any of the matches we've played. Maybe they're still getting used to each other, but for me, it, it kind of boiled down to Lim Marchand. He, in my opinion, should not have been playing left back. You might make Let's talk about that, back. Max. Let's yeah. talk about that right now. Yeah. It's a great segue because my initial reaction is that I was not for Maxine Lim Marchand starting this match. I wanted to see Joe Bryan. In my opinion, Savisa went for the player that he thought would be better defensively, you know, and not as attack-minded. That was my thought. I could be wrong about that, but I thought that's why he made the decision to go with Le Marchand. But I think Le Marchand, again, I know he has played a good amount of left back, but I think that potentially his role is going to be center back. But he's versatile enough that he can play left back. This is the one that I yeah. question. I question this decision by Slavica. I'm sorry, I just do. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And it reminds me a lot of when Tim Lean first came to Fulham. He played a lot of minutes at fullback, but, it was clear, but he, he was never good. He was always a bit mediocre at fullback. When he found his center-back position, which is where he plays best, he thrived. And exactly. that's kind of what I see with Marshall. I think him and Lean are similar types of players where they can play fullback. And I think they play their, their that's pass. a great comparison, by the way. That's yeah, a great yeah, way to look at it. Yeah. And I think you don't want a center back minded player playing fullback. I just, yeah. it's, for me, it's just it's not a good option. And I agree with you. I think Slavisa got this decision wrong. I don't, I don't think Brian has done much wrong in his no. opening three matches, um, which is interesting. But what almost, it's, it's not even that he preferred a Le Marchand to Brian. I almost see it as kind of like he preferred a Joy to Le Marchand in, 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 the, in the center of defense, which is interesting. True. Joy was the one who really kept his place, if you look at it. He did. Um, and, that, and that affected Le Marchand moving over, of course, because Mawson came in. So right. that's, that's another way I can see this. And honestly, I think Adoy played very well today. I think I was very impressed he by did. Yeah. He did. Let's he, be honest. Yeah. I, I think Dennis Adoy did a very good job. But for me, getting back to this decision with Brian versus Le Marchand, I would have gone for Brian. I would have taken the risk. I know He's more offensive-minded, but I would have taken the risk against this team. I would have done it. But Savisa decided to uh, go down a different path. And, and yes, anyone can make this mistake. It was just a bad pass. But I think that uh, starting him was a mistake at left-back. I, I have no issue with starting him at center-back. Left-back, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't, you know, again, his style, I don't know if he's attack-minded enough to get the balance right, if that makes sense, Max. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. Um, but at the same time, our right back today was playing right wing. You know, Foxy Mensa, I probably one of the most attacking performances I've seen from him today. Um, and he was constantly kind of caught out to the chin. So maybe Slavisa saw Marshawn as a counter yeah. to Foxy Mensa's attacking nature. That's what I think. I think he decided against Brighton. This is my opinion, what you just said, that he wanted one attacking fullback and the other to be a little bit more conservative. 
and I guess I could understand that, especially on the road. I can understand that, but I just think that uh, I think Brian can do the job. I think Brian has has proved that he can. Listen, he's played against Brighton at the MX Stadium too. I'm thinking about that. It's like he has experience playing there, so why not play him? But I think this was a defensive move, and I think it backfired. That's just my opinion. That's my initial reaction. But let's talk about the second goal, Max. And what's interesting about this, the rewarded penalty, is when I watched it, when I saw the replays of it, I I understood it. You know, I said, okay, fine. I, I understand why this was given. But after the match, I went on to NBC Sports Network, and they were actually looking back at the matches, the highlights. And Kyle Martino, who's a very well-known commentator over here, said this about the situation, and I'm just going to read it. I, I transcribed it. This is what Kyle Martino said. Quote, I just don't think it's a penalty. has to be deliberate, and I just don't think he is doing this intentionally, and his arms are not in an unnatural position. The ball goes from the shade into the sun. I just think he loses it. He is expecting to take this ball off of his chest. And that's from Kyle Martino. I want your thoughts on this, my friend, because – I wasn't thinking of it that way until I heard what Kyle Martino said. Yeah, I was the same way. I think when it happened, I kind of accepted it, um, that, yeah, it was a penalty. Uh, I can see where Kyle Martino is coming from because there was an issue with the shade and the sun, and I'm sure he could have um, uh, been caught out. He was uh, kind of shocked by that. But the thing that just makes me think it's a penalty is that his arm moved towards the ball in a way. And that's probably what influenced the referee. I, I think it was definitely wasn't deliberate. Because right, I think the whole thing, it's not deliberate. Yeah. And I think that's his yeah. point. No, I hear what you're saying. Point, yeah. He yeah. does. But he I, does I move his yeah. you're, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And it's just, uh, this is the way I look at it. Um, just quickly, if that happened, if let's say that was Montoya or Glenn Murray in, in our <laughs> penalty area, that's, we would have no, I don't think we'd really be even having this discussion. But yeah, that's a penalty. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. But I just found it interesting that he came out on NBC Sports Network and basically said, I'm paraphrasing, that it wasn't a penalty, in his opinion, because he didn't think it was deliberate handball. So I just wanted to share that, whether you agree with that or disagree with it. It's open for interpretation. I see why it was given, but it's very interesting what Kyle Martino had to share made me think about it because I wasn't looking at it that way. Regardless, full men the match 2-2, my friend. And my initial reaction right afterwards was, like we started the show, I would have taken the point, but I'm very disappointed because it was there for them. And they let this team back in the match with two mistakes. So, yes, I'm I'm, I'm looking at this both sides. I am right in the fence here because part of me is happy with the point, but I'm very disappointed that they did not get all three points. Yeah, and... There's that one moment that really sticks in my mind. It was right after we scored the second goal, the 65th minute, and we, uh, the way end was bouncing. Everyone was saying Mitro's on fire, and we're kind of olaying with the smaller passes. And I was like, "Oh no, is this too good to be true?" <laughs> and yep. in the end, you kind of always start sneaking doubt that you know it's full, and we're gonna we're gonna somehow muck this up. And in the end, I end up happening. But what I one thing I just used to, to make myself feel better, you know, after this disappointment was. Just think what Brighton did to Man United just a couple of weeks ago. They completely played them off the park. And I think they're a much better team than we are. So I think we did ourselves proud in the end. I agree. That's actually a very, 
good take there in the end. And my thoughts on this is that um, if you look at it now, Max, four matches in, four points, okay. We knew it was going to be a difficult start. And um, the fact that they got that home victory, I think, is massive. And uh, I think that they will learn to win matches like this. But this is the Premier League. You give up mistakes, you get burnt. And that's my overall thoughts on this is that you play well, you take your opportunities, you get yourself up, you have to close the deal, and you cannot make mistakes like that. So that's why it ended 2-2 for me. And uh, I have to give Brighton a good amount of credit because they took advantage of their opportunities like they always have against Fulham. And it's funny because I said this in the preview show on the view of the opposition. I said, I'm fearful of Glenn Murray. Max, he scored two goals. I guess I was right to be fearful. Yeah, he's, he's one of the best in the business of just scoring goals. Um, yep. And it, it's amazing. I mean, I remember one time he was playing for Palace in the championship. He had something like more goals than Messi by, uh, by like, the, uh, the, the mid-year break. He's always a guy that can score goals for fun. Um, yep. And, you know, we, in the end, we didn't win the deal with him. So we got punished. Okay. Well, very good there, my friend. All right. Well, listen, we will be going into much more detail in this match on our post-match show, which we'll record on Sunday, Max will be joining me as well. I also want to mention that I do really want to do these full-time matches with someone that was at the match. Unfortunately, that was not possible today, but thankfully my good friend here, Max, was able to join me because we still watched the match. We could still give our reaction to the result, and that's what we did here. But we will have a very interesting post-match show recording on Sunday. But with that said, let's wrap this up for my co-host, Max Cohen. I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.